Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey everybody, welcome to the nation. That's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with a star-studded lineup of Hall of Famers today. That's right, Ms. Leanne Whippen, recent inductee of the Hall of Fame. Mr. Meathead Goldwyn from, what, a year ago? Two years yeah, ago? Um, two, a year or two ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah a year okay. ago. A year ago, okay. Tomorrow, Dave, Commander Chris in the background. We're coming to you as you hear us every week from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios. Uh, we'd like to thank the folks at Amazing... Uh, AmazingRibs.com for giving us meathead, of course, but also the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef the way nature intended. And I will tell you this, if you are trying to get a uh, Painted Hills uh, rib roast, prime rib, whatever you want to call it in your own house, you better hustle. That's the only thing I'm going to say. At this, By the time this show airs, you know, they're going to be having cows looking running the other way over the hill because they're going to be short <laughs> of prime rib. Anyway, meathead, hi. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm, I'm always good to talk to you guys. I was saying to Jeff off air, you know, it's kind of like hanging out in the bar, talking with a couple of buddies, yeah. you know, and uh, the only thing missing is the beer. I got coffee this morning, but it's not this <laughs> guy. I got water. So I have an energy drink. <laughs> <laughs> well, cheers to everybody. So you yeah, were up late cheers. again last night, weren't you, young lady? I, yeah. I actually wasn't too bad last night. I started to binge on Netflix, so shame on me. Were you, were you watching the offer like we told no, you? No, that's on my list, but I got to finish. I Once I start some, I have to finish it. So I'm watching okay. the shooter right now, which is good. Okay. Okay. Uh, this has nothing to do with food, but Meathead, have, have, did you watch the offer? No, I haven't. Uh, no, don't We've know anything about it. I, excellent. I, I've been watching the, um, uh, I just finished a couple of weeks ago watching, binging the uh, the Italian beef Chicago. What's the name of that again? Uh, I don't even know that. Oh, it's um, oh, good gracious! I'll think of it. Uh, a young, a young, talented, formerly trained chef who ends up running his brother's oh, okay. beef stand in Chicago, oh. and it's it's lunacy. Okay, but it's all the rage among chefs. Uh, it, it's fairly realistic for what a commercial kitchen looks like. And I, but I'm an old man, and I can't remember the name of the damn show. Okay, well, if here's a suggestion. It, tell us. Yes. Watch The Offer, O-F-F-E-R. It's all about how the movie The Godfather got made and how the producer had to make deals and do other things. He worked with the mob in New York. It's an excellent, It's I think it's eight, eight or nine episodes. It's really good. Anyway, okay. Ooh. We're talking Christmas today, and we do this this time of year every year. And of course, when you talk, talk to the, what? I'm, I'm interrupting here, but uh, your, 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 your buddy's going to have to do a lot of editing. It's called the bear. 
Oh, the bear. Okay. The bear. Okay. The bear. Got it. <laughs> and as a former Chicagoan, Leanne, you 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 mm. you'll want to watch it. It, uh, yeah, it, it, sure. it 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 has a lot of Chicago references. Very well acted, and uh, everybody says it's the closest thing you'll ever see to a real restaurant kitchen at work. Interesting. I will watch it. What is the prop guy just come in and throw crap all over the tables and stuff and the floors? Uh, no. Hey, well, there is there there are cleanliness issues. Yes. OK. All right. All right. So speaking of issues, let's talk about uh, uh, Christmas meals. And uh, here on Barbecue Nation, we talk a lot about beef, of course. Uh, two primary ones for Christmas would beef, you know, as people call them, prime ribs or also uh, New York strip roast or strip loin roast, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, let's give them some basics on that today. And uh, then I will move on to some other dishes here. But mm -hmm. um, I think people, you know, if you've got a, a roast, a rib roast, it's a big piece of meat. And that is perhaps the biggest piece of protein that people will cook all year a lot of people in their homes and it can be scary i mean especially well it's a huge the, investment it is a huge investment and so I, you, I buy one every year and it costs me over 300 bucks yeah. yeah and so you're sitting there with this 300 piece of meat on your counter and you know you've read a recipe or listened to this show or gone to amazing ribs or done whatever and you've got it you know, some salt and pepper and herbs and garlic and all the good stuff that you decided to put on it. And then what the hell do you do? Because mm -hmm. if you overcook it, it's going to be a $300 Reebok. Mm -hmm. it, well, nobody out there is going to overcook it because every time I come on this show, which is several times a year, what do I talk about? The thermometers. thermometers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, my wife just recently retired from the FDA and she said, I have probably sold more thermometers than the FDA and USDA combined. Without and we don't sell them. We just, <laughs> we just recommend them. I don't sell any. It, 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 it is. You, you just cannot overcook anything if you have a good thermometer and you pay attention. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And 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 this is 2022. It's the digital age. If you're still working with that old dial thermometer, get rid of it. Go get a digital thermometer there. We have an electrical engineer who tests thermometers. We don't sell any. And we have ratings and reviews and links to where you can order them. Just get yourself some good thermometers. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a... Uh... Well, speaking of a rib roast, what would you cook the internal temperature to? Like 125? Well, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I'm a medium rare guy, whether it's a steak or a roast. Now, I know a lot of people will cook a roast to rarer than they normally cook a steak. Um, and they like it. You know, my, my brother-in-law says, I want to hear it moving. Um uh, and that would be in the 120 to 125 range. I take it to 130, 135. In fact, See, the, the thing is, you got to think, you know, with a rib roast, if you're not doing a reverse sear where it tends to be cooked pretty even throughout, I mean, it, the ends are going to be cooked more and your thermometer is in the middle of it. So to me, I feel like you have to go about five under so that you've got rare, medium rare in the middle, and then it progresses to more. Well you know, but there's always time. somebody at the table who wants it cooked a little more, who wants right. it medium or even well. Mm. And those end cuts Ugh. are usually cooked five to 10 degrees more than the center. So I don't sweat it. Um, mm -hmm. Not only that, but those end cuts have all the seasoning on it. I right. Know. And it's the, like, what and, do you give and up? And the bark. <laughs> and I'll, I'll take mine overcooked 
in order to get at I all that seasoning too. and bark. I will too. Yep. <laughs> Guilty. Guilty right here. Yeah, I mean, that's a choice cut, man. Yeah. Well, I'll I tell you, here, here's how I go about it. And I've, I've I've changed my technique last year. And then I'd like to hear how you guys go about it. Uh, but sure. I, every year, you know, Thanksgiving's turkey and um, Christmas is a prime rib. Mm-hmm. And I do know a lot of people cook turkeys again on Thanksgiving. I mean, on Christmas. But uh, for us, it's a prime rib and there's a big crowd. I have maybe 25 or 30 people there. Mm-hmm. And uh, your your prime rib, it's called prime rib because it's a prime cut it that is a primo top cut but it's not usda prime grade necessarily usda prime grade has excellent marbling and is really tender and juicy um uh, you can get prime rib that is below usda prime but doggone it even if it's usda choice it's going to be delicious and tender mm-hmm. um uh, i i wouldn't go much below that but uh usda choice is going to get you a a gorgeous piece of meat that's a little less expensive than prime but um the typical rib primal which is a they, they call these big cuts off the animal you know like the, the you know the, uh, the 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 rear leg is the mm-hmm. is a primal and the shoulder is a primal and the rib mm-hmm. primal is seven rib bones and um uh, the meat itself is maybe four to five inches in diameter and there's a fairly heavy um fat cap on it yep um now what i will do is i will take i will i will order a full rib primal and i don't want him to trim it or anything and i bring that baby home and i do my own butchering on it now this is a project but I have a video on AmazingRibs.com on how to do it. And it isn't that hard. It's just a little time consuming. The first thing I'll do is I'll remove the rib bones. Um, now, a lot of people leave them on so you can have what they call a standing rib roast where the rib bones hold it up as it cooks. But I take the rib bones off because seven bones uh, with all that meat in between those bones and a little meat on top, that's a meal for two. And it's just mm-hmm. my wife and me. And actually, it could be a meal for three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll take those bones off and I'll freeze them and I'll cook them. I'll smoke them for another meal. Now that leaves me with nothing but meat and fat. I'll trim off as much of that fat as I can because I'm going to put a really nice rub, uh, really strong flavors, um, a lot of herbs on the surface to make a good dark crust. And if it's on top of a layer of fat, when you serve it, people are going to cut off that fat and there goes all your seasoning. Right. So I cut off most of the fat, maybe leave a little sliver, which will melt down um, and add a little flavor. But remember, fat on top of meat does not penetrate the meat. A lot of people think it does, but it can't. Meat is 75 percent water. Fat is oil. Oil and water don't mix. It will baste it by running around the meat, uh, but it can't get into the meat. It's the marbling inside the meat that gives you all the flavor you want. So I remove most of the fat. Now, typically I reverse sear it, which is I start it on the grill in the indirect zone, which means I divide my grill in half and I have one half that is very, very hot and another half that has no coals underneath it. Um, And I'll put it on the side with no coals or if it's a gas grill, one side that's flaming and the other side, no flame. And it'll roast at about 225 degrees slowly in the indirect zone. And that makes it very even temperature. Um, If you put it directly over hot coals or hot flame, 
you're going to get a rainbow effect, which is to say you'll get a great dark crust, and then you'll have a layer of tan, then you'll have a layer of pink, and finally um, a section in the center that's rosy and perfectly medium rare and tender, which is in the 130 to 135 degrees range. And uh, I'll tell you, it just makes the whole process a lot easier. Speaking of process, we got to take a break here. Of course, we're long winded as usual whenever Meathead's on the show, uh, and that's a good and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. We're um, long winded, he says. Yes, uh, but we'll be right back. everybody it's jt and this is a special version of barbecue nation it is brought to you in part by painted hills natural beef beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends that's painted hills natural beef welcome back to barbecue nation i'm jt along with uh hall of famers today i can't say that enough um, Ms. Leanne Whippen, of mm-hmm. course, my co-host okay. and Mr. Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com. Okay, so here's a, here's a question for you. And uh, who on this show today likes the Spinella? Oh, that's, well, that's my okay. favorite part. Wind <laughs> me up and let me go for a minute more. Okay, here you go. <laughs> if I have a smaller crowd, I will remove the Spinellas. Now, shame let's talk about you. this. Shame, There's shame two main you. muscles in the rib primal. There's the longissimus, which is a round tube that runs from end to end. Right. A little narrower at one end than the other, but it's just a round tube. And if you've ever had a ribeye steak, and this is the cut that ribeye steaks are cut from, you've noticed that you have this big round section in the center, then a layer of fat and a little half moon section hanging on the edge. And usually when you cook a ribeye steak or a prime rib, that half moon section gets overcooked and it is absolutely the best muscle on the animal. Yep. It is like Wagyu. It is so tender. It's rifed with fat um, and it's fabulous. And if I have a smaller crowd, I will remove the spinalis and all that ugly fat that's in between. And that spinalis will go in my freezer for me and my wife. <laughs> and everybody else gets the longissimus, which they love. I mean, it's perfect. You get a perfectly round piece of meat with no outer fat. And it's just gorgeous. And everybody loves it. And nobody's the wiser that I have stolen the best cut for myself. Yes. Yes. Well, I just wanted to clarify that because I have been known to just eat that and then save my save my regular piece of of rib uh mm-hmm. no maybe maybe for the next day christmas day or the day after for you know like a french dip or something mm-hmm. you know like that but for folks who aren't familiar with it um if you do buy a, a rib primal um you'll see it. it it's really easy you don't even really need a knife to get it off of there because the layer of fat is so thick you can just work it off with your fingers. And when it comes off, it's like a giant salmon fillet. It's wider at one end and tapers to the other, thicker at the wide end, thinner at the other end. And it is just one gorgeous piece of so meat. So what, what I do is, because I'm a big fan of the Spinellis, is when I am not cooking for a large crowd and buying a seven bone you know, rib roast, when I go into the butcher or when I'm looking in the store, I'm looking for the large end, which is 
basically the center so that your spinellus is is more prevalent and larger versus a small end. So if I'm getting a two or three bone rib roast, I ask them to cut it smack dab in the middle so I get a larger piece of spinellus. That's smart. Yeah. That is really smart. And you, you grill that baby hot and fast because it's not real thick. It's maybe an inch and a half, two inches thick, mm -hmm. like a flank steak. And it's got a lot of fat in it and it, it just melts in your mouth. And you get a really good charred crust on there. And I, I tell you, it is just pure heaven. That, 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 I that's, agree. I'll tell you one of my favorite things to do at Christmas. This has nothing to do with cooking. It's I've got a I've got a buddy and his wife that usually spend Christmas with us. And when I watch I watch him at the dinner table and when he's got a mouthful of spinellus, I ask him a question. So because he's got he's like a chipmunk. It's his he big piece and he's in there chewing and then i'll say i call him mongo i'll say mongo so what do you think about whatever i'm talking about and he like that so it's just <laughs> it's just a little tradition that i do and he doesn't even know what's happening but it's now. <laughs> funnier now about that um when when people are what, what how i cook mine in if i'm having to use the oven because of weather or whatever uh, I do similar to what you do, except I put mine in a pan with a rack underneath it, meathead, to get those drippings out. And I've been doing last couple of years what you've done. I put some onion in there, some carrots like that, some things that, you know, lots, lots of herbs and things. But I just put it on a rack. And actually, I use a disposable rack sometimes because I can. If I'm doing it like on my pellet grill, I can kind of bend the ends down on that rack because you're not going to get four four inches of fluid out of that piece of meat. No. You know, you're mm. going to do that. So if I put the ends of these deep racks, uh, these deep pans down, kind of press them down like that, yeah, I get a little better airflow around it. Mm -hmm. and, and man, but those drippings are incredible. Yeah. So I have a story. Okay. Last Christmas, I cook my prime rib totally different than you guys do. First off, off, my favorite part, aside from the spinellus, is the bone. So I like to cook it with the bone in. Sure. I do not like when the butcher ties it with the string and slices that area because I, I just want it all one piece togetherness. So when it hits my plate, it looks like, you know, Bam Bam from, you know, Flintstones. That is what I want to see on my plate. That's what I end up eating is a spinellus and, and the bone area. But when you're cooking with the bone on, that's almost acting like a rack in a way. It's keeping the meat above it. So I just put it in a flat broiler pan and just set it flat on there. And I've never had an issue with that. And it also allows for more circulation of the air to hit the meat evenly versus the deeper pan, which I know uh meathead you're you, you're not a huge advocate of that because it's like a blocker right yeah. well meat. if it's deep into a pan like uh jeff yeah. is doing it, but you know I, I would wager he rotates it a little I, with yep. the turkey you don't rotate it much and that's right. a problem but with, with, with and especially if you're pulling it out and then searing it it's going to be fine on all sides that's not an yeah. issue yeah. with turkey it's an issue yeah so i don't even need to have a rack in there at all because the bone is kind of my rack to keep you know it and up. It bugs me because I do take the bone out and I mm -hmm. and save it for a second. But by golly, you know, if you serve me a bone-in slice of a prime rib, and especially if that bone gets a little crunchy and charred, yeah. that yeah. is fun. The yeah. problem with that is, is the bone begins to act like um, a, a heat shield, an insulator, uh, because it's, you know, it, 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 it's got marrow in there, which is like 
styrofoam. I mean, it it, mm-hmm. it it keeps heat from penetrating into the meat. And so um, Louis Prima had a song back in the 40s or 50s, um, Sweeter by the Bone, you know, uh, yeah. the, the meat is sweeter by the bone. I think he was speaking about skinny women, but um, <laughs> it, 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 the meat is sweeter by the bone. And that's because it doesn't cook as thoroughly as it does on the opposite side of the bone where the heat is hitting the meat directly. And so you get a little bit of uneven cooking, but it's a trade off because if you love gnawing on bones, which I do, you get that benefit. We got to take a break. (laughs) We'll come back and I'll have these two go at it over a rack of lamb. Oh, my God. I'm drooling on my keyboard (laughs) right after this on Barbecue Nation. Hey, everybody, it's JT from Barbecue Nation, and my friends down at Smoky Bones have come up with a great summer special for you. For a limited time, get the Rib Feast for only $19.99. Now, Rib Feast comes with a house rack, two sides, garlic bread, and a drink, and that's when you actually eat at the restaurant. Smoky Bones, the masters of meat, well, they have about 63 locations from Illinois all the way down to Florida, and they bring you fire-grilled favorites and barbecue platters every day for lunch and dinner, and it's great stuff. So find a Smoky Bones near you and enjoy their summer rib feast special, only $19.99. That's Smoky Bones, the masters of meat. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. If if you have sheep in your backyard, run after this next segment. <laughs> but anyway, we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Um, I've been cooking their uh, rib roasts for years, and they are just marvelous. So I recommend them highly. And also, Gunter Wilhelm Knives. Uh, you're talking to three people that use Gunter Wilhelm Knives, or you're listening to us, I should say. And uh, they're great knives for an affordable price. You can find them online at GunterWilhelm.com. Gunter Meathead's here, so I have to say Gunter. Uh, we're talking with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. And, of course, Ms. Leanne Whippin and myself. Okay, you two. Rack of lamb. Go for it's, it. It's an excellent, you know, if you don't want to do the rib roast, what if they're sold out? Rack of lamb is awesome, I think, for the holidays. It doesn't take a long time to cook. It's it's beautiful when it's presented and one of my favorites, actually. I agree. If you put me midway between uh, a beef roast and a rack of lamb, I'd die of starvation trying to decide which one to eat. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, you, you got two and hands, it's a, it, it, too, is the exact same cut as a beef primal or a crown roast of pork. It is the lamb rib bones attached to a long tubular spinal. Uh, uh, longissimus dorsi muscle. And uh, uh, the, the thing about the rack of lamb is um, lamb fat is not as tasty as pork and beef fat. Uh-huh. And you want to get most of that surface fat off of there. Um, and they call it franching. Um, uh-huh. And if you can get your butcher to franch it for you, that means cutting all the fat off between the bones and as much of the surface fat as possible. That meat maybe the most tender piece of meat you can ever get. I mean, it's uh-huh. it's it's more tender than beef tenderloin. It is and just I, I tend to cook it on high heat, too. Yeah, uh, hot and fast, because it's yeah. only, what is it? It's only two, two Couple and a half inches, inches thick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah I, 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 now, 
those those a rack of lamb has four has eight bones and if you cut it in half um it's really two meals that's right Uh, so even though it's pricey i mean if you're gonna spend you know 20 bucks on a rack or whatever it is uh it's really kind of economical when you break it down to a per person serving you know what i mean Yeah, yeah. For what you're getting. If you've got a big crowd, you're going to need a lot of racks. Oh, of course. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I, I don't recall what they weigh, but one of the things I like to do with them is I like to cut them in two bone sections. So I get four cuts out of that of four lamb chops with uh-huh. two bones attached. And then I'll snap one off. So I have like lamb lollipops. Yeah, there you go. And then I do what you suggested. I grill them hot and fast. I do a a quickie marinade with some balsamic and some uh, garlic and rosemary. 15 minutes is all it takes. High heat. Yeah, when you double cut them like that, again, you're getting all the spice and flavor because you're getting more surface area. So you're getting mm-hmm. more bang for your buck. So when I do rack of lamb, I actually slather it with uh, just a simple Dijon mustard and cook it till it's almost done. And then I make a um, a butter and uh, breadcrumb, garlic, parsley, you know, stuff. And I pat that on top and then finish it off like that. It's just delicious and simple. Wow. That's just so classic French. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're, 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 that's just so classy, young lady. You are classy. Oh, thank you. Yes, she is. And, 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 and a little Bernays sauce on the side. <laughs> oh, now you're talking. There you go. Now you're talking. Okay, this yeah. show is over. I'm going to go to the store and... Uh, the hell with this yeah. uh, i will tell you folks everything they say is truth because the three <laughs> of us stood around an open fire cook in fort worth earlier oh, this right. year uh-huh. and meathead and i and i i think well i don't know if the was arms were long enough to beat us to the pan where all the lamb was because we stood yeah. there and ate oh, that anyway, my arms were long that day yeah yeah <laughs> that that was mighty good lamb that was, sure was that was terrific you know one thing here a little sidebar um i buy my sister lamb for christmas that's what i buy her i start shopping the stores about oh a week before and i'll finally i just throw it in the freezer real quick because i know it's not going to last very long once she gets her mitts on it but that's what i just she never has a real present under the tree but i go to the freezer and i bring her out this big shopping bag <laughs> full of of lamb chops and and racks and stuff and and uh, you're you're good you're good you're good yeah, yeah. you know the, the, the only issue here is is i keep running into people who say they hate lamb and mm-hmm. that's because mama Cooked didn't cook it overcooked properly. it mama yeah. overcooked it or was getting mutton now yeah. let's define a couple of terms here mutton is is sheep that's i think over a year old is that correct yes. one year yes and under a year it's considered lamb and under a year it's very very tender mild i mean if you love beef you'll love this kind of lamb but as it gets older the fat flavor which i was decrying earlier it starts to permeate it and it gets a little gamey and that's when it's called mutton and it's an acquired taste i like it but not everybody does mm-hmm. and in fact if you're in western kentucky there are a number of barbecue restaurants who specialize in cooking mutton um on a smoker and it's really quite nice uh but uh uh if you get young lamb rack of lamb or the other cut that I love dearly from 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 Leg. lamb are the loin chops, which are little mm. tiny T bones. 
they're tiny. Yeah. Three, three of them for for per, per person. Um, uh, but boy, I'll tell you, that meat is just so flavorful and tender and, and they're quick and easy to cook. Um, if you've ever had doubts about lamb, you got to try either. Yeah, but you have to consider, and I'm sure you can go over the definition, not definition, but there's two prevalent areas that you get lamb from either domestic or Australian. And one is more gamey than the other. Your insight on that. Yeah, I like the domestic um, and that's too. not patriotism or anything special. I just find that I've had very good luck with domestic lamb. Yeah, I agree. I agree. My, my father wouldn't eat lamb. Uh, he grew up and my grandfather raised sheep, among other things. But the big reason was, is when he would went off across the pond in World War II, he was stationed in England for mm. better part of a year before they went over to France. And he said, all they did was cook, um, well, he called it mutton, and I'm sure he knew the difference like that. But That's probably we, why he didn't like it. Yeah, that's why he didn't like it. That's um, too bad. We've got mm -hmm. uh, five minutes left here in this segment, so that means about 10, actually. Um, <laughs> now, how does that work? <laughs> that's why we I have to. I, I thought I knew math, but. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Other things, uh, hams. For example, I'm talking about pork, you know, here, uh, a lot of people cook, they'll go out and buy a spiral cut ham or something. Mm -hmm. Those, can, those can be spendy. Uh, sometimes they'll just go buy a shoulder ham or a picnic or something and, and cook that for dinner. If they, if folks don't want to, uh, spend the money on a, a big, nice, um, prime rib and they, uh, want to do a ham, can they just slather some spices and stuff on it, pop it in the oven or on outside? Well, most of your, your spiral cut or your, your store-bought hams, uh, they're called city hams, um, but they're, they're pre-cooked. Yes. They're, all you have to do is warm them to 140, 145 degrees. You don't have to really cook them. You're just warming them. Um, so... Um, you can uh, just go out and buy one, and often they come with a packet of glaze, or you can make your own glaze. Um, uh, a mutual friend of all three of our, Chris Lilly, um, Chris shared with me his apricot glaze, and I have it on AmazingRibs.com, and it's just marvelous on ham. Mm -hmm. I've got a little trick or two for doing that ham, where I'll take it and put the flat side down, wrap it in foil, and you know other yeah. stuff like that. But you don't have to go to that trouble. Uh, um, it, just warm it gently and uh, paint it with a, a sweet because it's salty and sweet and salt love each other. So you paint it with a uh, sweet glaze. I mean, you could just go into the, and get yourself some apricot jam and maybe yep. cut it with a little uh, apple cider or something like that. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Away you go. But I always have one of those hams around, too. Because I, yeah, I no, actually, it's great for company that are spending the night because you can make ham sandwiches the next day. You can fry it in a pan and have it for breakfast. You can brilliant. make eggs Benedict with it. Brilliant! It's just so it's it's great to have on hand because a lot of people don't like meat left over and there might not be any, but it's an easy fix for the and it's leftovers. inexpensive mm, yeah. relatively. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you can pay about what 80 dollars or so for a, a nice honey baked or uh the kroger company makes these um spiral sliced fire they have a, a name for them and i can't recall what it is right now and they're very similar to the honey baked ham they're just cut a little the slices are 
are cut a little thicker. But same thing, like you said, Meathead, they come with a packet. You mix up your glaze, you know, put it on there, heat it up. You're good to go. And it's something to munch on, too, mm-hmm. you know, while you're preparing the big. And then you save the bone and make split pea soup. Absolutely. Or Navy bean. I like them both. I'm, I'm a Navy I'm bean a guy. So like person. that. Um, what about people who don't particularly like meat? Um, they can have a baked potato. Oh, 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 I, I think we can rest comfortable that they're not listening. So you haven't offended anyone. Yeah. And, the, and there's probably a lot of people laughing right now, too. I can, uh, dear, I can, dear. I can tell you um, that. I, for Christmas dinner, um, we have a niece who does twice baked potatoes and she really fluffs the interior like mm. like really the best mashed potatoes you've ever had. And mm. cheese on top, man, that's good stuff. I could, and I she, could I don't, she gets them. She gets potatoes the size of footballs. Yep. I mean, that that could be dinner for me right there. Yeah. Well, you know what I do if if they aren't big enough is I'll cut them. I'll cut an extra one in half and and kind of put it together with the other one to extend it. <laughs> <laughs> you see Leanne in the kitchen with a stapler putting them all together like that. We're gonna be back with Meathead and Miss Leanne right after this. You're listening to Barbecue Nation on the USA Radio Network. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to our free-for-all Christmas show. <laughs> Here with me, Dad. Um, shoot your eye out, kid. Yeah. <laughs> How not to talk about size dessert or anything else. Yeah. <laughs> or protein pack today. <laughs> well, you know, I think I said this on the Thanksgiving show, but this is all the more reason to cook on your grill or your smoker is you got to leave room in the oven for pie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. But cook the pie day ahead of time. Right. Yeah. You can do that. I, I do that actually. You know, mm-hmm. I do it. Like Thanksgiving is on a Thursday, as we know, I always cook my pies on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. I just, uh, in the afternoon, it's kind of the last thing I do as far as prep work, but I make my pies. They're cool. I keep them in a good spot. And uh, that's your favorite. Mine, pecan. Yeah, I'm pecan, coconut custard, and my Nana's own design. Pretty much all the same. I love pecan. I but I got to tell you, I like them all. I mean, I, I, I like pumpkin. I love apple. My favorite dessert is pies. Yeah, I pies, take pie over pies, cake pies. all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, and Meathead speaketh the truth because uh, if you've ever seen him or me, and then you see this little blonde lady standing between us, you'll know that Meathead and I love pies. So <laughs> that is true. That is yeah. true. I'm not making. Leanne I'm not being rude. Leanne just, is entirely too slender. No, I know. I'm not. I know. You, I, you know, when I first met her, I didn't. I thought it was kind of a. I don't know, a fantasy or a fallacy, because I said this woman can't eat. Oh, She's, I eat. I eat small portions all day long. I and saw you load up your. 
I saw you load up your plate in Texas and that I wasn't do, a small I portion. I do splurge occasionally, yes. But my okay. grandmother always said, eat what you want, just moderation. My, now my grandmother taught I me how to I said the same thing. Me. I didn't listen to her. Yeah. <laughs> my grandmother, the one that I actually knew well, didn't cook. She taught me how to cheat in cards, but she never told me anything about moderation. So there you go. <laughs> so let's talk about pie for a minute. Mm -hmm. and some sides i'm huge on the twice baked potatoes i yeah. make the i make those i go to uh out here it's called cash and carry but it's a food wholesaler most mm -hmm. of the time on those restaurant supply places and a lot of times the public can get into those stores if they know what they're doing and i'll buy a a big bag of number ones um uh, you know, it's Which 12 means the size, the size. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, do is, that. I, I don't know about potato sizes. Yeah. So it's number, number one, one the biggest? is your biggest. Yeah. I did not know that. And I, and I wash them. I cut them in half. I cook them face side down on a, on a cookie sheet, several cookie sheets. I let them cool. I take out the innards and like your uh, niece does, I kind of whip up the potatoes. I put in sour cream and cheese and green onions and a mm -hmm. ton of bacon bits. Mm -hmm. um salt pepper oh yeah there's the bacon too yeah yeah mm -hmm. and then i picked the best looking empty potato skins um load those up stack them i usually make about four trays of these because uh when our daughter comes i know at least five of them are going to disappear before she leaves and um just you know make them uh, the night before let them sit outside uh we have a nice long covered porch here and it can sit in the fridge with the covered and then all you do is put the final cheese and stuff on them and put uh -huh. them in the oven and they're great uh -huh. and like yeah like, you see leanne formerly of the north but now of florida yeah that you you miss one thing that jeff and i get to do and that is use the outdoor refrigerator yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got a gas grill and if things are overflowing in the indoor fridge, I just lift the lid on the gas grill and throw it in there. I mean, it's off, you know, no, but I remember just... in Jersey, we used to put stuff right out on the porch because it was cold yeah. enough out there. Yeah. 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 No, it won't go bad. Trust me. Um, that's good. But uh, let's jump back to pies for a minute. We got a couple four or five minutes left here. Um, as you know, as we just said a few minutes ago, minus pecan uh leanne eats any pie that's put in front of her and um i think there's i'm a traditionalist let me let me rephrase that i'm not big on experimenting for christmas on desserts because i think my the crowd that comes here is expecting certain things mm -hmm. and i and i've tried that a few times over the years and maybe made some different type of pie or some other uh galotte or something for a dessert and they go oh that's nice but i'll have the pecan or i'll have the pumpkin or whatever it is i want your guys's thoughts on that oh well i'm all about selection of pies over the holidays i think that what's forgotten is what to top it with um and it's you know you get so wrapped up in the meal you're like oh my gosh i forgot the ice cream for the cherry pie or you know, and, and just make sure you have, you know, a whipped topping, maybe flavor it with something. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, pies, pies, that's all you need. Yeah, so, I make uh, I make homemade whipped cream, no cool whip or anything like that. Yeah, uh, yeah me too. You know, now stop me if I've said this before, but I, I, I think one of the coolest things we have around our family, it's Thanksgiving, 
but um, my my wife has two brothers, and they each have multiple children, and uh, their children have children, and she gathers all the nieces and nephews uh, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving for what they call Pi Day, mm-hmm. and there's about 15 kids ranging in age from four to college. And they all gather together and they make the pies for Thanksgiving. And it's the coolest thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all pitching in. Some are rolling out the dough. Some are slicing the apples. And they make four or five different pies. And occasionally they let us put in a request and they make a specialty pie. And I've gone by uh, to watch. And Normally they throw me out. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I've gone by to watch and take pictures. And uh, it's just the neatest family thing. Right. You just know long after we're gone, these kids are going to remember pie day. Oh, with- sure. That's an awesome tradition. Awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I think so, too. Um, you know, not to get philosophical here, but in today's world, sometimes we get so bombarded with things in life and our people walking around looking at their phones all the time. I think those types of traditions are the ones that we need to kind of keep and focus mm-hmm. on oh it, you you just know that these kids will never forget it mm-hmm. yeah and hopefully they'll continue it hopefully one or two of them will continue pi day long after we're gone right yeah just my, give them my phone number so in case they have a problem <laughs> that they have too much or too many leftovers they can call me and i'll catch a flight and be in chicago in no time hey but, i got one for you i have read recently that much of what's in those cans of pumpkin it's pie film pumpkin it's not pumpkin it's squash no. yeah it's yeah. squash yeah. yeah it's uh and they put a very nice food coloring in it and um it's got some other preservatives in it uh i hate to tell you this but even some of your cans of organic pumpkin are not pumpkin but meathead thank you and we wish you oh, a very merry you. christmas and you too miss leanne thank you you too All right, we're going to get out of here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, Again, thank you to Meathead and Miss Leanne. And remember our motto here, turn it, don't burn it. And we hope you all have great holidays. Take care. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.